Hello, hello, and welcome to another Omtown Daily News Show. Today is Season 2, Episode 120 for April 20th, 2023. The Daily News Show basically is a news aggregation show built off of omtown.com. So go and check out omtown.com. But before you go there, stop by, hang out, twitch.tv slash omtown and let us know that you're interested in all of this news. You can also leave a comment in the comments over on YouTube. There's the podcast that you can download just by searching for omtown. And tonight's rundown of all of the articles, we've got 12 of them, starts with Mall of America trying to uh, benefit from Sears bankruptcy and well, we'll talk about it. Uh, Candy Crush Mom ends up in the semifinals for $250,000. Citing neo-Nazi plots against the world. Some states pass laws meant to thwart climate protests. We'll talk about that briefly. Wendy's is giving away free food because Mercury is in retrograde. Mod now available on Mac with real-time AI voice changing and soundboards. DoorDash, uh, DoorDash asks a driver's wife to complete the order after he's rushed to the ER. What's next for Star Wars after The Mandalorian? SpaceX's Starship lifts off successfully. North Carolina Senator wants Disney World to move to the Tar Heel State. Secrets of sealed Egyptian animal coffins revealed for the first time. Patrick Stewart explains why watching the Picard finale brought Marowat to tears. That's not who he speaks of, but anyway, well, I don't want to talk about it. And finally, the military has released some combat drone footage of a mysterious object, a silver orb that apparently somebody says is not aliens. It's aliens. Tonight's episode is titled Starship, Star Wars, Star Trek, Aliens. Let's get into it. Hello, hello, I am Marwat. that is hometown.com, and up there is the AI from on high, the one, the only AI. Good evening, hometown citizens. Oh, your visualizer is still working. It wasn't earlier today. Yay. Maybe the aliens have something to do with it. I'll start an investigation and a Congress critter will say, nope. Not aliens, even though it's a silver blob flying around and nobody knows what it is. Hence the videos being released saying, hey, the hell is that up there in the sky? It's a bird. It's an orb. It's a alien. It's a not a whatever. <laughs> it's a not an alien. Yeah. All right. Nothing evokes confidence and control over the airspace like going what the hell is that oh it's not aliens but we don't know what it is all right i wonder if aliens are actually giggling you know they're in their cloaked ship and they're just watching us like uh star trek does 
And you never know. Prime directive. So we have a ton. Okay, I should say we had a ton of articles that we sifted through today. Um, so I sift through them. The AI sifts through them. We congeal everything in, and then we parse it for, well, things that might be fun to talk about. And, and maybe we have a soapbox that we want to jump on. Marwat does that. The AI does not. Um, but at any rate, we we put together a big mishmash of articles. So let, you want to get started? We just want to start talking about this stuff. That sounds great. Okay, that sounds great. All right. The very first article is in the Daily News Show. Wall of America can can continue to fight Sears's new owners who are hoping to keep the retailer shocking $10 a year lease. Uh, yeah, even the AI parsing this article said the what now? Um, Mall of America gave Sears a 100 year lease on a 120,000 square foot. I think it's three floors. Yeah, um, three floors um, for $10 per year. Isn't that, I mean, I don't even understand that. I'd love to know when that lease started. Uh, 1991. Okay, Ask that really doesn't make sense. I was thinking like <laughs> 1900 or something. <laughs> well, Mall of America has to be around. Oh, that's I, true. I you're, think right, it, you're right. You're right. <laughs> I think it came into existence in 1991, but I don't know for sure. Anyway, uh, Dominic Reuter over at businessinsider.com put the article together. And before I go running off my mouth like this, let me throw this into the chat. So. Those who are in chat can parse that and go check it out, read it and uh, come back and hang out or open up another window. I mean, in, in the this day and age, I think a lot of people have at least two monitors. Um, so open up the articles and throw it on another monitor and hang out and chat with us. Um, that would be awesome. Well, anyway, let's go back to the article over at Business Insider. Supreme Court unanimously decided that Mall of America can challenge a lease it has with Sears. A 1991 um, agreement with Sears gave them a 100-year lease on a three-story location for just $10 per year. And Sears went bankrupt in 2018. The retailer's new owner sought to sublet the store to another tenant. So, AI, you asked, what the? And I know what's going on with this, right? So um, Sears goes bankrupt. It says it's a case that Cornell's Legal Information Institute says has implications for how mall owners and bankrupt tenants are protected as companies navigate the reorganization process. But you know what? I don't think that has legs. I don't think that this is a reorganization anything. This is a defunct contract. It's a defunct agreement because the original entity in and of itself no longer exists. It went bankrupt. It's no, it's insolvent. It's not an ongoing concern. It's been acquired wholly by somebody else. The principles are no longer the original principles. Essentially, the contract should be null and void because any new tenant even the replacement Sears, let's say Sears comes back and wants to be in that place. It isn't the original 
wherein the meeting of the minds was formed between the contractor and contract E. Right. I mean, it just, it makes no sense because I'm assuming when the mall was set up, they were really trying to get tenants or something or anchor, what they call anchor stores. Um, but this, this just makes no sense because it's, even though it's not like an immediate or an intentional thing, it's kind of like a bait and switch. Yeah. Uh, you know, if I want to put, let's say I want to torpedo mall of America, then I can sublet this to somebody else, you know, something that's the antithesis of mall of America, right? Something that the mall of America really, really doesn't want there. Well, right. That's the other problem. I mean, they tend to curate, um, uh, shopping malls tend to curate who their tenants are and what if it was i can't think of something that would just be yeah, horrendous I don't know. and anything <laughs> you come up with would be horrendous to say out loud so but exactly. yeah um so it says the deal gave sears a 100 year lease on a 120,000 square foot space spanning three floors at the bloomington minnesota mall for less than a dollar per month Fast forward 20 odd years, the company's prospects look decidedly less bright. By 2017, it basically imploded. 2018 filed for bankruptcy. As part of the reorganization, Sears sold 5.2 billion of its assets to its former chairman's hedge fund, my God, <laughs> which placed them under a company called Transform Hold Co. <laughs> That's... <laughs> That's like some weird variation on Transformers or something. <laughs> yeah. It transforms into a sublet. Right. <laughs> presumably at higher price to pocket the difference. Obviously, um, they're not going to be leasing it for 10 bucks per year. Well, uh, I mean, surely the contract prevented subleases. So, um, Mall of America objected, saying that the landlords have a right to adequate assurance of future performance by whoever took over Sears's lease, and it also cited concerns about how subletting the space would affect the mall's business. Yeah, it shouldn't be up to whoever randomly acquired it. You know what I'm saying? I think that right. it should be void because there is no meeting of the minds between the, the two parties of the contract, and you can't have multiple parties in a contract it's everybody agrees to be this side and that side then right, right. and then one of them dissolves goes bankrupt sells off what what are they selling off well that's probably part of the problem i suspect this contract right was sold as part of the bankruptcy proceeding or handled as part of the bankruptcy proceedings and um but of course, did um, Mall of America even, I mean, they should have had a, a say in the proceedings. So I, I mean, I have so many questions, but <laughs> we don't have yeah. enough information in the article. Yeah. Why weren't they an interested party in the bankruptcy proceeding? Exactly. And why didn't they say something like this can't be transferred because it would change the nature you know, of, of the contract, right? Yeah. yeah. It, you're fundamentally changing the terms of the contract by just deciding that it's being sold as an asset when it truly shouldn't be, you know, uh, I mean, it, I mean it's small America knew this was coming. They could have 
maybe terminated the contract before all this happened and then kind of avoided this, but they may not have had any notice of it. Now I'm really curious what this, what the contract actually read, you know? Yeah. And I have to wonder, um, I mean, in the 1990s, giving somebody a hundred year lease for $10, like that just seems like, like you're yeah. bound to have problems. I don't mean because of Sears, but just in general. Just attrition. Yeah. I mean, like, why not do like a 10 year lease at that or whatever, if you're trying to incentivize new tenants, I, I don't know. With like a frictionless renewal, you know, right, right. Or, a or set of 10 options, you know, for the same, the equivalent, I suppose, you know, they wanted the 100 year, 100 years to be the anchor for Mall of America. Who knew that it was going to overextend? and implode so well that's serious for you they used to have great tools okay um you want to move on to the next sure okay so the next article is over in uh warcrafters but it's not really war i mean i guess candy crush is some serious business and i guess when it's getting into a paid prize tournament i mean that's that's pretty competitive I guess it's kind of RPG-ish too. Well, anyway, um, the reason why I say that is because it's in the Warcrafters channel and it's Candy Crush Mom ends up in the uh, semifinals of a $250,000 tournament that she didn't even know she'd entered. Usually when uh, the author of this article enters things by accident, it's uh, the men's bathroom or a Parisian protest over France's retirement age. Don't ask. Okay. Wow. Both of those are oddly specific. Um, <laughs> yes. In Aaron Roden's case, it's a Candy Crush tournament that placed her as one of the best players in the entire U.S. of A. and gave her a shot at winning her share of a $250,000 prize pool. I just want to let everybody know that I, too, in, in, are in the upper echelon of a mobile game like the top 0.6%. I kind of dig that. Um, it well, totally I wish casual. they would give the $250,000 tournament. <laughs> yeah, I and I really don't know how many people. I, I think I'm somewhere around 28,000 or something like that now. I'm the 28,000th person. So you know how percentages work, right? Right. Yeah, they matter. They are greatly influenced by the number of the pool, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm number one. Well, you're the only one in that pool. There was one that I saw where the person was. Um, oh, it was the SpaceX thing where they were sitting there going, they are the highest employer in the region. And I'm going, it's like a little it's this tiny little oh, place a town in Texas. Yeah, Boca Chica. Yeah, Boca yeah, Chica. Yeah. They own they, they almost own the town. I mean, there's yeah. nothing else there as far as I understand. If you if you reduce the range enough, you there's always somebody that's the largest employer. I'm not surprised by any of this data. It just happens to be one that's being run by apparently a billionaire. Anyway, and if you happen to live in Boca Chica or are familiar with it, please give us some comments about that. Yeah, that would be great. I would love to hear from people from Boca Chica. 
you know, I, I, and you can be anonymous in the chat. You just hang out and, um, give us some tasty tidbits of news. That'd be great. First-hand accounts. Anyway, it has nothing to do with Candy Crush. My goodness. Anyway, usually, uh, so this person entered the contest and ended up uh, in the competition. They didn't even know that this was supposed to be a quick article. <laughs> <laughs> well, lies. we were to talk about Boca Chica during it. <laughs> it's all lies. Associative thinking. I had a conversation with somebody uh, yesterday. Yeah, it was yesterday um, about the fact that I practice this associative thinking and uh, we just like uh, all of my conversations unless uh, I focus myself we ended up talking about you know like soybeans in Australia and uh, instead of technology anyway that is um, quite a leap. <laughs> hey so everything's tied together what can I say so Molly Taylor is the author of this over at PCGamer.com. Now I'm hungry because I want whatever this candy is. Um, Aaron Roden didn't mean to enter the Candy Crush All-Stars Tournament, but she's become an esports icon. 48-year-old mother of three told Kotaku that she's been playing Candy Crush for around a decade after quitting a life of demolishing opponents in competitive PvP games. She said that she settled on the colorful match three game as a way to fill her mind and keep her focused, adding it's satisfied her urge uh, to win without feeling like she was doing anything to anybody else and causing rage. Yeah, because you don't really interact unless you interact in the chat. Like I have a guild. Um, and there's a guild chat and then there's a general chat. And unless you start talking trash in those, you have no idea who the other people are like by far. And unless somebody really wants to go nuts and, and track you down cause you revealed something, um, based on like a, 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 a name or something else. Anyway, um, it's interesting that they are a former pvp player that is not what i would expect because i would have thought this was say a casual gamer who didn't have much gaming experience but just happened to play this game over and over again and uh, got pretty good at it yeah so just like they're they're just gaming competent to begin with and highly engaged in that competition so wow She's in the semifinals and seeded number one in her region. <laughs> they spelled which wrong, but um, which the author believes is just number one in the USA. Now that's the, the child of the mom. It's not the author of the article. Oh, is that what that is? This is a quote from. Oh, OK, so okay. it says, so my mom plays Candy Crush all the time for years now. Apparently, she accidentally entered the official Candy Crush tourney and had no idea what it was. Anyway, oh, it's a tweet. OK, I'm sorry. You know, this is the, what happens when I skim. So despite this, Roden uh, did damn well for herself. So much so that she was able to skip some of the tournament stages, such as wildcard rounds with her newfound accidental esports stardom. She turned to someone in her family uh, familiar with the lifestyle, her son Zane, 
competitive Super Smash Brothers player. Okay, so this is all pretty much in the blood. I mean, this is competitive gaming is just running rampant in this family. Wow. Yeah, this is not quite what I imagined when I saw the headline. Yeah, this isn't just some rando, you know, this is somebody that's been that's passively pay, playing competitively, you know, like very engaged, almost well, like the AI. Course, if, right. And if they can do all the PVP stuff, of course, yeah. they're knocking Candy Crush out of the park because regular people are maybe challenged by Candy Crush. Yeah, exactly. OK, well, you know how I always say it. Context matters. You know, it really does. But it's still so, kind of fun, but it's just not as um, astonishing, I suppose. It, yeah, it, cha it changes the color of this. So. It's neat, though. Um, but I don't know. It it plays into it was a casual accident kind of a thing, but it could be as simple as like the eBay marketing. Because the, right. <laughs> the eBay was spun up and the marketing, the hype was that it was some dude who wanted to sell his girlfriend's beanie babies, but it actually was a very well-funded startup. Um, just the marketing hype was real anyway. So this is pretty cool and I wish them uh, luck in winning. I mean, competition is competition. So they've already uh, been knocked out of the competition. Oh, is that what it says down at the bottom? Yeah. Oh, sadly, Zane revealed that his mother was eliminated during the semifinals. So I take back everything uh, that I said. I don't wish them luck anymore. Just kidding. I, I still wish them, wish them luck, luck in the next tournament. That's right. There you go. <laughs> in spirit, I wish them luck. If only my time machine was working, I could have backed up a little bit, said, hey, I wish you luck. And then they may, might not have been eliminated. Won some in-game rewards. Yeah, that's always the participation award. Really kind of go, you go, eh. <laughs> From 250, a piece of $250,000 to here's some extra gems. Okay, let's keep on hustling. Uh, the next article uh, is probably going to irritate some people. Citing neo-Nazi plots against the grid, states pass laws meant to thwart climate protests. And you can pretty much count on, it's always the trifecta, you know. You know that there was a a, a, a triple threat. Um, it was like uh, Italy and you know what? I can't even remember the axis of evil, mean, right? Yeah. I, I'm not sure. Um, uh, so anyway, here in the States, it's Utah, Georgia and Tennessee. <laughs> I don't really know. But in this, it's Utah, Georgia and Tennessee are the latest states to pass legislation designed to counter demonstrations like those against the Dakota Access Pipeline, which is really unconstitutional because I have the right to assemble and air my grievances. Um, and that includes standing around with signs, watching people, I don't know, spill oil and contaminate the ground and then scoop it all up in the dead of night and send it off to other states without their knowledge. <laughs> too soon all right well you know that they can't do it in too bulk because trains are allergic to their tracks so they can't That's just right. throw it all onto a train and ship it somewhere else anyway 
I have no problem, you know, with the whole oil thing, really. If if they if you want to pull oil, we have an oil economy, right? But for crying out loud, there are people that are vocal about wanting it to stop. I am one of those in the sense that I want it to stop, but we need an approachable solution to replace it. And right now, I don't think we're in a world where we can rely in perpetuity on wind and solar and hydrothermal and uh, etc nuclear i would love nuclear we need research but there are people that just go whenever you say nuclear it's the end of the world anyway this is just kind of wingnut stuff you don't stop neo-nazi plots by instituting laws that stop people from protesting because it isn't protesters that are plotting to do something against the grid i think i expected something different from this article i don't know maybe i misread the headline but um i I agree like what i don't see how the two are connected yeah so let's see if something in the article kind of changes our context here Alexander C. Kaufman over at HuffPost.com wrote this article. They're a new addition to the aggregation. Um, Over the past five years, nearly two dozen states have enacted similar bills, um, all following the format of a model bill, right-wing operatives working with fossil fuel lobbyists designed to thwart future climate protests like those against the Dakota Access oil pipeline. Early on, proponents were explicit about targeting environmentalists and community activists, pushing measures that threatened to bankrupt uh, small-town Ohio churches whose parishioners took part in demonstrations with legal fines or throw a Louisiana grandmother in prison for three years for stepping on a petrochemical company's land to visit the mass grave containing her enslaved ancestors. This is so convoluted you know like they're trying to shut down people who want a voice in what's going on in the world and instead of i don't know allaying these fears and concerns about ecological disaster which is exactly what happens when you pull the oil from under the ground out on top of the ground and it isn't protected in some way from contamination you know it's a natural thing right oil is a natural thing it 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 comes from biomatter degrading into oil you know as they say from airplane first the dinosaur came dinosaurs came but they got too big and fat and they all died and they turned to oil i'll leave the rest of that story alone but at any rate but it's in the ground, it's under pressure, it's controlled, it's encapsulated, it's not bubbling up into the water supply or contaminating the surface. That's all that people really want. They want to protect the ecosystem from pollutions and destroying it and preventing our future generations from benefiting from, you know, a clean world. So instead of really going after the people that are trying to do great harm to the nation, which basically would mean looking in a mirror. 
they want to punish the people that want to save the world. Irony. It's like the Freedom Bill, but it's all about imprisoning citizens. Yeah, I think, well, I think noticing where this is being pursued, too, tells us something about it. Sure. They're trying to protect where the money is instead of protecting the very country that they're all living in. What needs to take place is, sure, go ahead. You can pump the oil out of the ground. That's fine. But don't try to hide ecological disaster. Make sure that the mar the your profit margin is aligned with the ecological disaster that you are perpetrating in the regions because your pipe will break. It will contaminate, but you need to make sure that there's enough oversight, maintenance and updates to the system to protect the ecology from the harm you're about to perpetrate. Well, right. And I also think if they're actually concerned about um, attacks on the grid, right? I mean, do those things, uh, beef up security, etc. I mean, that's the way to tackle that, not cutting down on free speech. So, well, I, I can guarantee you, it isn't. It isn't sign twirling activists protesters that are shooting up the power oh, exactly in fact well never mind i i agree i don't think they have any connection now are there some people that take climate or other environmental issues to the extreme absolutely but i don't yeah. think it's the standard person sit, standing there with a sign or sitting on the ground with a sign or whatever yeah, but you're immediately vilifying through legal actions, somebody raising their voice against something that could do great harm to the ecosystem. You, that's what this is all about. It's stifling the public's voice when you really should be making it a crime to do criminal acts. But raising your voice and twirling a sign and saying that you're against the pipeline is not illegal. And it's sacrosanct to to the U.S. experience, to the American dream. You should be able to pursue issues that you have against the government. You should be able to rise up and say, we don't want this. But you do it in a peaceful way. And that's what this is all about. Protesting is not bad. It's allowing the people to stake their claim on something that they feel is wrong. You certainly don't go storming the Capitol, but maybe that's what they're, that's basically what they're, they're creating these types of people, right? They're saying, well, uh, protesting with a sign and saying that they don't like something is equated to the same thing. They're outlawing, they're criminalizing, basically raising your voice. I mean, ideologically, I think these are so far apart from each other. That's what's really kind of jolting about this article. Or not the article, but the underlying information. Yeah, yeah the context. Again, we go back to the context. Uh, and then they end up talking about these substations that were being shot up. They don't know who did it. 
It says, but since 2020, it's far-right extremists who have repeatedly developed credible, specific plans to attack electricity infrastructure, the Department of Homeland Security concluded in January in an internal memo published by CBS News. You see, they're trying to use that as the impetus to stop peaceful protests, and they're diametrically opposed. It doesn't make any sense. Again, we go back to the statement that I made earlier. It's like creating the Freedom Act, and its intent is to incarcerate peaceful protesters. It's all marketing, smoke and mirrors bullshit. So anyway, let's keep on hustling through the news. It'll it'll pop up again, but at least we can get word out that people that this is happening in several states. Um usually in the cloak and dagger of the night, you know, they do it on a Friday, two minutes before the end of the session. And then people go, Oh, Oh, that's in effect. Oh, I, I didn't know that. Oh. Anyway, the next article is in the hatch ideas channel because uh, it's about business. Uh, Wendy's is giving away free food while mercury is in retrograde. We actually, looked at this article a little bit and we still don't understand why Jonathan small over at entrepreneur magazine, put this article together. We don't know. It says the fast food chain is offering the mercury menu, uh, which is a deal from April 21st to May 14th, the period that mercury is in retrograde. Okay. That, that radio silence is because we, don't know what to say about this. And we're hoping that a viewer, listener, citizen of hometown uh, can probably know what's going on. I mean, we understand the whole Mercury is in retrograde idea, but right, but I can't really connect it to the promotion. <laughs> and like, how does eating Wendy's stop you from being dazed and confused? <laughs> yeah. Are you feeling a little dazed and confused, says the article? Astrologists believe this is because Mercury will soon be in retrograde. And that's why you get a free six piece crispy or spicy chicken nugget pack a meal uh, from Wendy's. I mean, I like it. It's different, but I don't really connect the dots. <laughs> it got us talking about it. Oh, and that's what they say at the very end here. Still, uh, so it, they say right above the very last line, uh, but according to scientists at NASA, Mercury in retrograde is not a real thing that planet does not physically start moving backward in its orbit. It just appears to do so because of the relative positions of the uh, planet and Earth and uh, how they move, how they're moving around the sun, because for a moment they appear to be going backwards, but they're not. Um, still, this hasn't stopped Wendy's from capitalizing on a good marketing opportunity and that's basically getting it that maybe they really know because according to a 2022 YouGov poll one in four americans believe in astrology that actually surprises me because i wouldn't think it'd be so high i mean i think a lot of people probably read a horoscope occasionally but that doesn't necessarily mean they believe in astrology right yeah it's interesting I didn't think that. Well, I do. I, I think that as time goes on, people are becoming more and more aware of 
the situation of life. <laughs> Education really helps um, as we move away further and further from the, I don't know. We'll just, let's just say that we need another enlightenment age. Um, okay. So you want to move on to the next, <laughs> sorry, say that again. I said quickly, as in yeah. we need another enlightenment yeah. age. Uh, yeah, we can move to the next one. All right. Um, Sorry, one second. <clears throat> this next article is in Late Night Geeks. Voice mod now available on Mac with real-time AI voice changing and soundboards. That's right. I've actually disabled the voice changer. Well, then somebody has taken over for Mayor Watt. <laughs> um, okay. I will say that some of the pets in Omtown seem to be taken a bit aback. <laughs> <laughs> Everything should be okay now, though, right? I I had a I had a tighten in my throat. Mayor Watt sounds like Mayor Watt again. Uh, I never know when that actually occurs. It just happens. And then I have to fight to recover my consciousness from Thanos. Technically that's just a Titan. But anyway, you know, what was really interesting about this article is that I actually installed voice mod earlier in the day. And then this got submitted into the possibility of being talked about in the show. Anyway, voice mod is this great voice changer. It has a soundboard. It has more expansive capabilities now with a, what they're defining as AI powered uh, voice modification pop um, uh, routines. Um, it actually hooks up into a stream deck. Um, it's pretty seamless in the uh, connectivity with beacon and other um, sound systems, sound mixers, processes. Um, it seems to get along well with Windows 11. Um, I've had it for years and years, but I decided to activate it again today. And then lo and behold, this article pops up. Um, and it's very popular, by the way. And you can do all kinds of stuff, you know, push another button and you're a robot. Then you can go back to your regular voice as soon as it switches over. It takes a little bit. Um, you can actually do other soundboard stuff too, but I don't have my monitor on, so I don't want to break something. Um, anyway, it says voice mod on Mac OS is supported on both Intel and Apple Silicon powered Macs and works by creating its own virtual microphone that you can use in any application. It's pretty neat. Um, yeah, and it's simple. Um, all you have to do is uh, purchase it, install it. You to activate it, you actually log into kind of like a web app kind of interface, and it reconnects this uh, the the voice mod app to its licensing um, server, and then you're up and running. So says more than 100 voice options or enhancements. You can go well beyond that with customization. There's a whole section that allows you to customize your voice if you want to. 
I don't have anything. This is what's referred to as my as a clean voice. Um, I don't have any enhancements in play, uh, but simply. Waiting a little bit. You activate whatever voice you want. Pretty neat. I think it's really cool. I mean, I don't know how easy it is to use, but it's very effective. It's easy, easy, very easy. You just install it and then direct it wherever you're going to direct it. Um, it becomes, it depends on how you do it, but um, like on my system, my rig, it's a little more complex because I've got a lot of stuff going on, but it's a piece of cake um, and it's really neat. So um, follow the link, go over to hometown and then read that little snippet and then go over to the verge voice mod lets you transform your voice into fantasy characters or use a soundboard in games or discord calls. Tom Warren over at the verge, put this article together. Um, and it really is drop dead simple. It's also available for PC. So uh, don't worry about that too. You can always get it for PC. It says we're excited. The CEO says we're excited to be the first company to offer a real time voice changer and soundboard app to Mac OS users. It was one of my hangups. I have a, I, I want a soundboard that's real time. Um, but I've yet to find one that is small and real time. You can load up things like um, the stream deck with sounds, but there's a lag between hitting the button and it actually playing. And that's always been frustrating. But with the voice changer as being the source of your audio, everything loops through it. And so you can actually load up a soundboard on the voice mod app. And it's instantaneous. It's much faster than loading it into um, Stream Deck. If if there is a way that I can make it faster on Stream Deck, then please somebody contact me um, because I want a soundboard. I want to be able to say something, hit a button, and it play in time with what I'm saying, um, like a, a beep. You know, if I'm gonna drop an F bomb or something like that, I'd rather just beep it out. But I can't do that. The timing is always a little bit off with um, my stream deck. And it's not quite as effective if you're having to pause <laughs> to curse yeah. or whatever. And that's what I did even with the voice changer just now because I was controlling it via my stream deck. Well, anyway, um, it's pretty neat. It says voice mod is already popular on Windows with more than 40 million users and the free version is available to download on the voice mod site uh, right now. And that's always been standard. The paid pro version unlocks more features and content and makes the soundboard fully customizable. Um, yes, indeed it is. It's pretty awesome. Um, it's a one-time deal too. Um, there are things that you can buy, but it's actually pretty limited. The store is pretty limited right now. Um, I'm sure it'll get enhanced as time goes on. It says uh, VoiceMod has been testing its macOS client in recent months and it's launching initially as a beta to gather feedback from Mac users. Um, I actually bought a couple of these licenses a while back um, because it was Halloween and I wanted to uh, change my voice in meetings. I'm easily amused as mayor of hometown. Okay, so with that in mind, let's move on to the next article. And um, that one is in the Daily News show as well. And it's uh, DoorDash asks a DoorDash driver's wife 
to complete order after he is rushed to the ER. So a couple were shocked by the response they received when told DoorDash or when they told DoorDash about the accident and the driver gets sent off to the. Some people refer to it as ER, but it's technically referred to as the ED nowadays, right? Yeah, that's right. And I don't remember exactly when that changed. It used to always be ER. Now it's always ED. Yeah. Um, which is really awkward um, because this one time, uh, never mind. I was going to crack a joke about a little blue pill getting stuck in my throat and it's been stiff for hours. And I went to the ER and they said, you have ED. I said, no. ER, I'm in the emergency room. It was really convoluted and messy. I just left. Never mind. Anyway, so Alice Gibbs over at Newsweek uh, wrote this article. And again, the video has nothing to do with the article. Uh, but DoorDash is a U.S. based online food ordering platform that connects customers and local restaurants. That's what the article says. Well, <clears throat> everybody is considered independent contractors. This is actually a court related thing. Um, and I, I didn't know that they they're still employees, but as independent contractors, I don't understand. I need to look into this again. I thought that they were defined as employees because they don't get to decide when they work. They're told by DoorDash when they activate themselves, they get told where and when and, and what they have to do. But maybe I need to look well, into this again. I mean, the company normally would decide whether somebody is an employee or an independent contractor, of course, but that doesn't mean everybody would agree with that, right? For instance, like if a company tries to independently contract everybody instead to avoid things tied to employees or whatever. So right. like health insurance. that's where I can see where they would cross into both. But I mean, they should be one or the other. It's just whether does that hold up, you know, if they go to like Department of Labor or wherever. Yeah, I. but I think that there's a thing that's going on right now um, and has been going on. It's kind of like a long tail of argument and debate about who qualifies as an independent contractor versus employee. Now, I don't know if DoorDash is involved with this, but Uber and other and like all the gig we saw something else i think it was on maybe on uber but it was definitely tied to like kind yeah, of gig the workers gig workers yeah well anyway um orders are passed to doordash drivers independent contractors as this article defines it um and uh who fulfill the orders and deliver from restaurants to customers well and miranda's husband got into a car accident while working his doordash job she was shocked by the company's reaction basically Hey, um, your husband was in a car accident. Can you go and get the order and deliver it was their request. They said, uh, I thought it was my boss calling me, but it was the store, uh, that rang my coworker and they handed it to Miranda and saying that it was urgent. And, um, they said, uh, thankfully none of the people involved in the accident were seriously hurt. While the couple were waiting for the doctor, he realized that the DoorDash order was still in progress. So he freaked out. He tried canceling it, but it was all over the place and he didn't know what to do. Um, she tried helping and accidentally called the customer, but 
uh, let her know that uh, anyways, what happened, they found the contact support button gave a bot after clicking the option to cancel and was connected to an agent. And they said, too bad to know about the situation. Will you be able to complete the order? I mean, does that sound like maybe that was an AI responding? Because, <laughs> I mean, it seems like it's kind of like, okay, we don't know what this is, right? Like, can we complete this? Not so much like, can you go do this for your spouse? Yeah, I guess they both had a response in their head of, are you freaking for real? They said something else, apparently. Um, anyway, they said that the interaction with uh, DoorDash says that the interaction with the support team falls below the high standards that they set for themselves. OK, yeah, I'm sure if nobody said anything, it would be a non-issue, um, but. But I mean, just the lack of compassion is pretty and just the wait, what? That person doesn't have anything to do with the company. Oh, so this was actually a text. It wasn't it wasn't a yeah, this could have been a this could have been an automated system. Um, and it kind of looks like it from the responses, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm his wife. He got into a car wreck. It's basically a, a, a chat. Um, so this could have been a chat bot for all we know. And they are, I don't know if they're going to disclose it, but, um, and they go into greater detail about this. Um, sounds like AI support is what one Redditor said that it was tone deaf and it sounds like AI support. Yeah. That's basically. Oh, but did the, you see that about the other person who worked for them and they were in a wreck and they said, could they walk? <laughs> to, the, to finish the order basically yeah. so maybe there's yeah. something more behind this it, well i mean if they call support and the voice is an ai it's going to have the same large well, language right. model right exactly it, but it, i mean they obviously need to address it it's happened more than one time <laughs> yeah hey if here's a little bit of advice if somebody's in an accident don't expect them to complete the order um just right. send somebody else Recode it to say something like, oh, okay, we'll transfer the order to somebody else or whatever. <laughs> yeah, send a text to the person who's getting the uh, delivery to their house and say, hey, it's at the ED. Go and pick it up. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, okay, let's go. Come on. Um, we have a uh, article dash. So this next article uh, is over in the continuity report. What's next for Star Wars after the Mandalorian season three finale? The Mandalorian wrapped up its third season with a finale that brought the show into new territory. Yep, sure did. Um, the article was written by Herb Scribner, which, oh, it's Scrivener is the, the writing tool. Uh, this? Yeah, the name kind of... Uh lines up with a writer yeah <laughs> anyway it's over at the washington post and um it's written by herb uh, scribner i'll just say that but there is a publishing company called scribner so um, we might have had that as well wow i wonder if herb is related six degrees of scribner <laughs> anyway um, the Disney Plus streaming hit wrapped up its main story and created a massive opening for its future adventures. Indeed, it did. 
And so, of course, at the top, it had a picture of the favorite, Grogu. Grogu. Uh, Grogu. Oh, by the way, there are spoilers. If we're going to talk about this beyond what we've just said, there are spoilers. So whoever is listening, warning, warning, warning. We are going to be saying something that is going to upset you if you continue to listen, because it will be a spoiler. And it's at the very end of the shoe. But beyond that, I won't say anything um, for uh, the end of this silent period. Okay. Anyway, Grogu gets a family and a whole new name. Right? That's right. So he also gets something else. I mean, that's associated with the name, right? Um. Wait, what? What do you mean? He gets taken on as an apprentice. Oh, yeah. So he becomes an apprentice. He gets adopted by Din Djarin. Um, yeah. He becomes Din Grogu. Um, and he he's going to become um, Mandalorian. That's right. This is pretty awesome, right? I mean, so it's pretty, and, it's pretty great. I mean, just the adoption piece and this is probably setting up for a good season four. Yeah. So he they they showed again that he's a very capable Jedi. Um, well, wielder of the force. They may not. He may not be referred to as a, a Jedi. Um, because just because you have the ability to wield the force doesn't make you a Jedi. Um, so they also talk about, uh, Ahsoka in the, uh, a new Disney plus, uh, show that's coming out called Ahsoka. There is a lot of world building taking place in the star Wars ecosystem, or uh, I guess, uh, it's not a cinematic universe. So what is it? Uh, a small screen universe. And what is it? What do they call I don't that? Know what that's called a streaming universe. I'm not sure. But the canon is is legit. I mean, I have loved every single episode of all of the movies, all of the shows that have been presented in the Star Wars. Uh, I, I want to say ecosystem, but it's not, you know, universe. Um, and they're going to be continuing. Anything. Everything just says cinematic or shared universe. Or... Yeah. So I guess that's what it is. Um. Anyway, the the whole idea of this is to uh, traverse a certain era, right? So the show, which takes place roughly before uh, 40 years before the Mandalorian, has a number of Easter eggs that tie into the Mandal Mandoverse. That's Bad Batch. Um, so the Bad Batch is an animated series. It's just like the other animated series series that um, kind of spanned a uh, a time period and they are canon to the live action universe. So unless you really embrace the animated universe as well, you're not getting the full story. It's all tied together. Um, so it's pretty amazing. Well, that's, um, that's true because I haven't seen some of the um, animated um, series and it seems right. like it does tie in different elements. So. 
Yeah, because depending on who informs us, informs us of these gaps, um, we don't know. We didn't know that the gaps are there because we typically don't watch the animated stuff. Anyway, um, this will continue. Uh, I hope, you know, for another 30 years. Uh, I love world building. Um, I even spun up an entire channel that is dedicated to that kind of stuff. Um, called Aerith, and um, I, I would love to be able to talk about this stuff more and, and do some of my own world building for that show um, with everybody else, the other citizens of Omtown. Um, but yeah, what's coming after The Mandalorian? A whole lot of other Star Wars stuff. Um, and it's only season three finale, so we've talked about it a few times in the past, so... Go back and look at some of the other uh, shows that we've done. You want to keep on cruising? Sure, if we're not going to talk anymore about Grogu. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Um, I think that we should... I want Grogu in his... Um, uh, the bot. What, what was it called? What was the bot? Oh, um, was it like... I want to say IG-11, but that wasn't the right one. That yeah, was it was IG-12, and then oh. and then they rebuilt IG-11. That's right. Okay. Um, but IG-12 was like a gutted IG-11. Okay, let's keep on going. Okay. I, I need to make that spoiler alert sign That's so that right. I can like take it, it down. Splash up, exactly. Yeah, hey, everybody, you can turn your audio back on. That's the... That's the... Um, like universal symbol for okay you can take your mute off ah. <laughs> anyway so the next article <clears throat> is a spacex starship lifts off successfully but explodes in uh first flight that isn't i mean it didn't explode spontaneously there were charges that were on the starship so that it could be detonated remotely because it became unresponsive Exactly. I almost selected another variation of this article because, of course, there were articles from multiple outlets. Right. Um, and it said something to the effect of it exploded, but it was meant to or, or something to that. Effect. Right. So it says still it was widely hailed as a success with congratulations coming from NASA. Um, this is over at the Washington Post. Christian Davenport is the author of this, and it has a picture of um both stages stage one and stage two of uh the starship um descending it was supposed to do a flip um and then detach its uh, second stage from its primary stage but that did not happen as an anomaly right before stage separation was supposed to occur occurred yeah anyway so it didn't detach and so they de just detonated the whole thing they knew that the primary stage was not going to land softly. It was supposed to, it was coined as a hard landing, which means it was going to smash into the water and water isn't compressible. So it's not from falling that height at that speed, it basically turns into concrete. So that thing would just be a pancake, but the second stage would actually descend in a controlled flight back to Boca Chica and get caught in the chopsticks and be recovered. That did not happen. 
I can't remember what they actually, they call it the arms chopsticks, but they call the apparatus something else. I can't remember what they call it, but it's neat. Yeah, I, could, I couldn't locate the terminology for that. Yeah, so um, they basically say it lifted off from the launch pad in South Texas, a thunderous roar and continuing to an altitude of about 24 miles before it spun out of control and exploded. It did not, again, it did not spontaneously explode based on everything else that I've read. Um, pretty amazing. It's supposed to send us to Mars. Well, send the human footprints to Mars because this is what's going to be used to land us on Mars, apparently. Um, maybe even to the moon. Uh, I'm not sure what all of the plans are for Starship, but it could land on the moon in an upright fashion just like it would land on earth um, and then take off again because it only has one sixth the gravity. And so it can take off. I think Mars is one eighth. Um, it's pretty By cool. The way, I Go think ahead. those are called catch arms and also they're referred to as hydraulics. Yeah, that's, but that might not have been what you were looking for. Yeah. That's the dry white toast uh, names. Um, I've heard them referred to as chopsticks and I've heard them referred to as something else. Um, I'm not sure what it says in here. Mm, there's a bunch of stuff. Anyway, NASA intends to use it as well. In 2021, the space agency awarded SpaceX a $2.9 billion contract to use Starship as the spacecraft that would put astronauts on the lunar surface for the first human landing there since the Apollo missions in 1972. And SpaceX has since won another contract worth $1.15 billion for a second landing. Come on, it's the only competition out there. Everybody else is literally exploding. Um, I guess business is booming for SpaceX. Har, har. Congratulations to the engineers. Truly, it's the engineers that are making this happen, not this Elon Musk dude. Whoever he That's is. That's true. I mean, but he's always uh, at the forefront of it. And I don't, yeah. I don't feel like we hear a lot about the engineers. I mean, I know sometimes we do, like if they're talking about the launch or something like that, you'll hear right. kind of the behind the scenes stuff, but. Right. And, and I'm not even, I'm talking about all of the people that have something to do with this. They are the reasons that this is in existence. The the people that wrote that contract or wrote that proposal and NASA uh, bought into the ideology and the subject matter expertise of the engineers that designed these rockets. They are the heroes, the unsung heroes, the ones that should be getting the notoriety. I'm sure that they're getting their fame and fortune in other ways um, and, and not being bananas out there tweeting all kinds of garbage. Anyway, your heroes to me. Um, okay. So let's keep on trucking through this. Uh, we're uh, about 80% of the way through this. Um, this next article is, unless you have something else you want to say. I was just going to say, since I already called for Boca Chica residents to respond, if you're a SpaceX engineer, <laughs> Who might live in Boca Chica? Be sure to put something in the comments. <laughs> yeah, come and hang out. So anyway, you're awesome. Okay, let's go. 
So um, this next article is over in the Mobile Channel. North Carolina Senator wants Disney World to move to the Tar Heel State. I would love that. I would love that, honestly. Um, I might move to North Carolina just so that I can uh, go to Disney World uh, right. we more often. We could to get the resident passes. That's right. I, I would buy a house right outside Disney World and... Uh, I would work for Disney World. I would, I would do all of that. And yet, I would still be the mayor of Omtown and do the show every day. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe Disney World would probably be the only sponsor in Omtown because, for all of its faults, is it's really doing a lot of good. Um, at the same time, being an ally for pretty much everybody um even though there were times where it was not um and so in an effort to recover its soul it pivoted quite a big way um and uh, i think it will probably stay in perpetuity in, in that camp of being an ally for society um and to that end i think that they have a an amazing business model, although a lot of people say that it, you know, has some issues. Um, but the fact that they take people, uh, rising stars from their own talent searches, um, and they inject them into popular shows within the Disney omniverse so that they get attention from multiple angles and they're always, you know, actors, models, uh, musicians, they're every single Disney, uh, I don't employee. Well, they somebody can act, dance and sing typically if they are an, an actor for Disney. Yeah. Even if they're in the, in, in the, in Disney world or Disneyland, and yeah, if they're true. in one of the, um, whatchamacallit like the theme parks, in the theme parks, yeah, if they're in the theme parks, they are always this triple threat until they're discovered and brought into a show or something like that. And then they're a triple threat there. I mean, there's so much talent. And the way that they, their entire career is encapsulated within the omniverse of Disney. I think it's a really interesting business model. And um, at any rate, Greensboro, North Carolina, um, is the the location for this apparently uh, disney has been feuding with uh florida governor ron DeSantis, and uh north carolina said yeah why don't we take a different tack you know let's let's go this way michael garrett senator michael garrett has filed senate bill 594 the mickey mount or sorry the mickey's freedom restoration act to give disney a place to move its theme parks they haven't spoken to disney yet they were just notified today of the legislation. So something might come of this. And wouldn't it be amazing? It but this is be, actually what DeSantis wants. I'm sorry mean, to interrupt you. In, I know I was going to say it's been in Florida for decades. So it will be quite a, a Herculean effort to move it. But I think this is this is very interesting. You know, imagine spinning up a Disney world in North Carolina. And then they shut down the one in Florida taking with them 
50 plus thousand jobs. Is that what I remember? I can't remember right. the number jobs, of jobs. Revenue. Um, yeah. Just the tourist. Tourism. Right. Like all the lodging. Right. I mean, think about the entertainment. That isn't in there. camp. Yeah. Right. Uh, lodging, uh, car rentals. I mean, restaurants, all kinds of things that yeah. benefit from Disney's presence. So Disney is like Apple. When Apple flexes, everybody spends. And Disney's the same way. But it's almost like Florida, well, DeSantis wants Disney to vacate the premises because they're going to do something with that land. But I think if Disney does bail, I think Disney should do what the companies in Russia did when they vacated, they destroyed everything and they should just flatten it <laughs> and move to North Carolina. Have both of them operating, right? Ramping up the one in North Carolina. And then like they basically have one big old party one day and then they close the gates in Florida and they just drive a bunch of bulldozers over everything and send everybody up to North Carolina. I'm yeah. looking to see how long. Oh, not as long as I expected. I picked Epcot just because it wasn't, for instance, the original park. Right. And I thought if it was a little more modern, it might be a better reflection of, say, current uh, construction. But it only took three years to build, um, which actually is what the whole park. Uh, for instance, for Epcot, which is one of the right, the right, four right. parks. Uh, one of the four main parks. There's water parks also, but yeah. Um, so it, they go into a lot of this, but it says the company is among Florida's largest private employers and most significant taxpayers, generating an estimated seventy-five point two billion in annual impact. I mean, this would be a great <laughs> win for North Carolina. It would obviously be a huge loss for florida whether they recognize that or not in the government man and anything we're saying about the states by the way is not geared toward the people who happen to live in a state it's people making the decisions in the state right <laughs> yeah and that's kind of how it is um you know and i say that about a, a lot of places where there is hostility and uh going on you know like this thing with the invasion of ukraine by russia it isn't the totality of the population but there are there's a cohort of people that are all on board with it um just like this you know there's a, a contingent of people in florida that are all uh, ooh, it's titillating that uh disney is getting you know backhanded but man disney it it is extremist to go after disney who's doing nothing but promoting visiting the state and selling countless amounts of product and services in the area if you want to hobble florida have have disney get up and walk out it would be astonishing um, what would happen? I, I don't think that DeSantis would survive Disney actually walking away from Florida. He'd never be in politics again. Um, I think it's that damaging 
for Walt Disney to, or I should say, yeah, for Disney company to actually bow out. Let's see here. It says Central Florida, principally Orlando, is home to more than 145,000 hotel rooms, second only to Vegas, and Disney is currently the largest attraction in the state. <laughs> wow. I mean, I just the sheer number of people. People come internationally to Disney yeah. World. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it, it's just crazy. And then just thinking about all of that money that's being spent and again just even the surrounding stuff i don't mean at disney world but just the person that comes to see disney world and then stays in the state for another week and goes and sees other things or yeah, whatever this is 75.2 billion per year yeah right uh, <laughs> do it disney i'll help you pack your bags okay but see it's the wingnuts want florida to become an extremist wingnut state that's just the nature of this so let's keep on hustling um the next article is over in the daily news show channel that's over in hometown secrets of sealed egyptian animal coffins revealed for the first time i dig this kind of stuff because i'm really interested in prehistory and, and well history um, one of my first loves was archaeology, Egyptian ar archaeology to be specific. Um, and uh, I, we seem to learn things pretty often about this nowadays. Um, it says it is rare for these metal coffins to have survived intact. I didn't know that there were metal coffins. Daniel O'Flynn, an X-ray imaging scientist at the metal, uh, sorry, at the uh, British Museum, told Newsweek. And this, again, it's over at newsweek.com. It's written by Pandora Dewan, which anybody named Pandora and having to do with containers and Egyptian anything, man. Um, you know, I could do world building around the articles that flow through hometown for crying out loud. Anyway, um, so scientists are peering into these I, what are they? They're animal coffins, but they've rem, remained like sealed for over two, 2000 years. I'm sorry. Like a sarcophagus. Correct. Um, and they go through the same process, apparently, uh, the mummification process, which is really weird. Um, not really weird, but it's weird because of the way that it all works. They basically put salt all over the body and suck out as much moisture as possible take all of the organs out and put them in canopic jars. They throw away the brain. Um, and uh, then they do a bunch of coating and wrapping and all kinds of stuff. Well, this is uh, a, this is one of the coffins and then they peered into it. I don't know what that little inset is. And it says here that it's uh, a, it says, surmounted by a lizard figure with a lizard skull clearly visible by non-invasive neutron imaging so apparently there's a lizard in this coffin that's interesting that is interesting i don't know how they make that out yeah right. i'm not sure and i can't see the photos well enough in the article at the moment yeah so it says animal statues or votive boxes with animal figurines are often found in religious complexes um, from ancient Egypt, but 
It's difficult to analyze the contents without damaging the artifacts and what might lie inside. So they're using some pretty high tech stuff to appear uh, into what once it, uh, was invisible to the human eye. Now they can use the tech to look inside. Um, it reminds me of a horror movie about a mummy and now I want to go and watch it. So I'll hunt it down and, and maybe I'll talk about it the next time we talk. Um, it says six coffins in this study, which have been dated from somewhere between 664 and 250 BCE are all sealed and each is topped with a figurine representing either a lizard or a human eel cobra hybrid as one does. Um, <laughs> Because it's not terrifying enough to just be a co cobra or an eel. You have to be a human eel cobra hybrid. Um, cobra. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, neutrons have properties which allow them to pass through some uh, metals more easily than x-rays. And they are effective at seeing organic material. So they're firing neutrons through this. I like a x-ray, but it's a neutron ray. Pretty cool. Uh, Jimmy neutron ray. So here are some more pictures. So I can definitely see the, um, like on the outside of the boxes, okay, you get some sense of it, but it's very hard to make out the interior. It says a coffin surmounted by two lizard figures and neutron imaging on the right showing textile wrappings and lizard bone. Okay, guess that right there is a lizard bone? Sure. I suppose, <laughs> you know, it's like a Rorschach inkblot test or a where's Waldo thing or no, it's those things where you're supposed to, um, change your perspective of yeah. your vision and you're supposed to see like a bear or something. Uh, all I see is a bunch of chaos. I don't know. Maybe that I'm, it means that I've got some disorder. I don't know. Anyway, the, this technique could also be applied to other metal objects, for example, statues to understand how they were made and expand their knowledge of uh, ancient metalworking technology. Did you know that there was, uh, they used technology like this? Maybe it was just x-rays of a Buddha statue and they found um, a practitioner inside the statue? No, I did not. Yeah. So either the dude died and they put him inside the statue or they put him inside the statue and he died. You know That's, what I'm saying? Uh, you know, yeah. I may never see a Buddha again and not think of that. <laughs> yeah, I talked about it really early last year. Um, so do a search for Buddha, not you. Um, like if you are a citizen of hometown, then or if you're thinking about it just go over to hometown.com and type in buddha statue let's keep on going we got two more articles including this one um the next article is patrick stewart explains why watching picard's final uh sorry the picard finale was so emotional uh teases a star trek return so uh, i don't want to talk about it okay but this could have a spoiler alert as we're talking just oh, in right. case yeah spoiler alert the more you know or the less you know i don't know um but uh we just watched this the ai and i um or me and the ai what's grammatically correct ai 
The AI and I just watched this. Wow. Okay, so the AI and I and I and I I yeah 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 I just watched this and it was awesome. So well, the article, yeah, <laughs> the article has a spoiler alert tag on it. The story discusses major plot developments in the last generation, the series finale of Star Trek Picard, currently streaming on Paramount Plus. So if you don't want to hear anything else, bow out until you see me waving my hands around like there is a bee trying to sting the back of my head. Let's just go over to Variety. Adam that was B. oddly specific. Very. <laughs> And that, too, I don't want to talk about. Um, so Variety.com is where the article is. Adam B. Very is the author. And, um, yeah, again, spoiler alert, spoiler, spoiler alert. Um, be alert. The world needs more alerts. So Patrick Stewart uh, first met with the producers Alex Kurtzman and Akiva Goldsman in 2017 to discuss the possibility of returning to play Jean-Luc Picard, um, as Vatic pronounces it. Um, I thought you would have used voice mod for that. Oh, I should. No, I don't think I No, I won't. I don't. I didn't plan this one for that. Okay. So anyway... They end up talking about Next Generation and spinning up Picard. And I have to say, the music that was used, the mood that was brewed, the end of the... of I can only treat each of these episodes as movies. They are so activity-dense, story-dense. Um, and the end of Picard, it had me believing that things were going to be um, darker in that there was going to be a hardcore solid end. The pivot was that it opened up a massive door. Massive. This could be the start of a new Picard series based on the ending yes of this picard agreed series. and i hope it is <laughs> um and i i i do too you know and and really i didn't really um buy into see even though we have a spoiler tag i'm really resisting talking about it at least here you know, maybe later on and we do a continuity report, we talk about it. Um, but I have a problem with this because if I say it out loud, somebody might actually hear it. So I don't know. Should I just talk about it or should we just go, hey, this is a really cool episode. Watch the series. You'll love the I ending. Think, I think you can talk about it. I mean, you've given multiple spoiler alerts. All right. And we can still do a continuity report on it. All right. Oh, okay. Okay. So at the very end of this, the implication is that everybody is going to die. And then suddenly it and the ship pivots 180 degrees. Everybody survives. 
And at the very end, everybody's basically closing, I guess, the door. There's like reconcile, not reconciling, but just kind of coming together with the people they love, etc. Right. Worf gives a hug. And he's That's not right. he he initiates a hug and he's not a hugger. Um, and uh, this episode closes with Picard playing poker, just like he ended the uh, series of the next generation. Um, and, and again, but he, unlike the other times, and even this time, he did not tell Riker that he loves him. Riker just said, I know. <laughs> right. So, but then the lean into the pivot, which is if you've been watching the series, you know, that there, that Picard has a son. And at the very end, we find out that he's joined Starfleet. He's fast tracked. He's basically the, um, I guess the, what universal consultant to, um, seven of nine. Mm -hmm. And it could be the beginning of star trek picard the next generation yes i think it was very much setting that up to come so i hope that's right because they retrofit the titan to become enterprise g and i called yeah. that so there is so much world building here and then it actually ends on a cliffhanger um, because somebody who is no longer with us returns. No, there is silence, right? I'm trying to think of what that was. There were a lot of, not a lot of twists, but it looked like it was going in one direction versus another at various points in the episode. So, um, Q actually died. Oh, right. I had forgotten about Q. There were a lot of things that happened in the episode. And so he ends up coming back. Hmm. Kind of interesting. And the trial of the Picard family line continues. I am ruining this for so many people who don't pay attention to the spoiler tag. <laughs> okay. I so mean, there's this... a lot in the episode that we didn't talk about, but yes, yeah. you've spoiled a lot of it. <laughs> yeah, the ending is amazing. Um, if you grew up with uh, Star Trek, particularly the next generation, which is what I did. Um, the, the score, the mood, the world building, um, you will think that you're never going to see these people again in star Trek, but I have a feeling that you will. I also think that the, this closure was actually 
story building to prep for the next generation um refiring maybe as the next generation um yeah i i i loved everything about this and you will uh, again i started to say if you grew up with this you will think it's the end but it will bring you to tears if you grew up with this and you bought into it you know um yeah it this is pretty damn awesome so. or even if you didn't yeah, well, if you've yeah. only watched Picard, it might still do that. <laughs> the AI is new to this planet. So, OK, uh, let's let's hear. I'm going to wave my hands and, and you can come back now. We won't spoil anything because we're going to move on to the last article. Sound good? Yes. Did you want to say anything else? No, I don't have anything else. All right. So the next article and the last one for uh, tonight is uh, aliens. Uh, no, it's uh, in the Daily News show. U.S. military releases combat drone footage of a mysterious object. What looks like a silver orb. Congress says it's not aliens. So the U.S. military released this video. I'm going to go over to the source. Um, it's uh, businessinsider.com for us. They have a source from some other place. Rebecca Cohen is the author and they have this mysterious ball uh, emblazoned on uh, a cell from the video. And uh, I haven't actually seen this video. I saw another video that's deeper in this article, um, but it says the U.S. military released a video of a mysterious silver orb flying in the Middle East. The head of the Pentagon office who reviews these incidents says that there's no evidence of aliens, but they don't know what the hell that is. And they added that the office is reviewing more than 650 incidents of UFOs reported by, and it's not UFOs, it's un, what oh, is it? Unidentified Aerial Phenomena. So That's UAP. right, UAP, yeah. And I have to go pee. So um, anyway, uh, it says the U.S. military on Wednesday released never before seen Pardon me, combat drone footage of a mysterious object that appears to be a silver orb. This is on Twitter. I didn't follow the link to go over Twitter, over to Twitter. Um, they continue to say that all of these reports have a very small percentage that um, comes across as being anomalous, but they don't know what these are. I think that they're... I think that there's more than a very small percentage, uh, but they can justify in some way. Oh, it's just a. Uh... So I'm sorry, I botched the name. It's actually unexplained anomalous phenomena. I swear it's been Aerial. mentioned differently, and I thought it was. But anyway, I. Yeah, I'm I thought it was unidentified that. aerial phenomena. I did too. I just searched for it, and it popped up with the same name as in this article. I don't know if they changed it along the way because I think it's been reported differently. Or it's that glitch, you know, the one that says like in Moonraker, the person had braces. Uh, yes, that was a Y file. If you've never heard of the Y files, go just do a, a YouTube search for the Y files. You will not regret it anyway. Um, I OK, whatever UAP. Um, they don't know what these things are, but anyway, it's a silver ball um, and they don't know what it is. So what the hell is it? You know, this, right. this is the kind of stuff <laughs> that makes you go, what? 
Now, they have a link later on in this article. This is the one that I actually saw earlier. A second video was released uh, Wednesday. When you click that link, it'll take you to um, another site that shows a South Asian object. One is what it is titled. And um, you can pretty much make out that it's a drone because you can actually see what looks like propellers on top. But did you follow that Twitter link and look at it? Does it look like a does it look like a drone or does it look like a magical spherical object? It looks like a magical spherical object. I can't remember if I saw it from in this article, but I did see um i saw a brief snippet of a video i didn't necessarily watch the whole thing um, right. it did not look like a drone at all to me yeah yeah so this is the kind of stuff that i'm really really curious about um and why i really dig the y files they give you all of that magical mystical woo-wah stuff and then they pivot real quick and say but this, but when they don't have that, but at the end you go, Oh, okay. You know, things, I, I don't know. I, sometimes I feel like I'm crazy. Um, but then you see something like this. I've never seen it in person, but I want to, I would love to everybody who says that they have seen it in person says, no, you don't want to see it in person. But doggone it, seeing something like that floating uh, off on the horizon somewhere, um, uh, you know what? It would confirm, you know, make me a believer. I guess you can't be a believer if there's proof, but all right. Right. You know that I mean, and then also it's like, do people see it that are looking for it or not looking for it? I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, there, there's not really much to say about this. I just wanted to uh, bring it up because I thought it was a fun article. Some mysterious ball sitting in a Middle Eastern or actually flying over a Middle Eastern base in July of 2022 and a drone filmed it. So what is this? Drones filming drones next on <laughs> 11 o'clock news. It's very meta. <laughs> yep. All right. You want to get out of here? <laughs> well, I think we're done with the articles. All right. So we're done with the articles. That's it for tonight. Um, we always bring us back to the welcome sign over at hometown, even though I've removed the welcome sign, you're all welcome. It's implied by, you know, the open roads. And all you do is you mash that little logo and ta-da, a whole bunch of new articles. Skrillex, Fred again, and Fortet to close out Coachella. Because that one guy bowed out and I guess people are like, pissed yeah frank ocean and people were really looking forward to that because he hadn't done a live concert in several years etc so i'm not sure what happened my understanding is that he broke something like a oh, foot right. or something anyway oh and look at that 
Star Trek Picard showrunner on possible spinoff and how, spoiler, returned for the finale and getting that final shot. Man, there's so much going on. I just love this. Um, Star Wars, Star Trek, space stuff. Yeah, it's really in its heyday, I think. Yep, 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 yep. So keep it coming, folks. Uh, anybody out there who's an aspiring writer and wants an editor, um, contact Mayor Watt. I'll put you in touch with somebody. <laughs> it might be a little biased, but okay. Anyway, want to read some uh, new fun things, um, particularly world building stuff. Okay. I am Mayor Watt. That is hometown.com. Up there is the AI. You want to say bye to everybody? Good night, hometown citizens. We'll see you tomorrow night at 9 p.m. Eastern. Bye-bye. <laughs>